Okay, we're with Free Me Podcast. I have a special guest today. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself how he wants to be introduced. So, caller, if you'll go ahead and introduce yourself. Yes, well, um, I was two and a half years ago, I consciously and responsibly went to my doctor for her assistance because I was heartbroken, having traveled to another country to um, propose to a woman and uh, everything went well, was doing everything to get her to come to the US, was there for three weeks, came back and um, found out she was a lesbian scammer. Went to uh, my doctor for some assistance because I was very upset and she started asking me baited questions. Um, and as it turns out, she lied, found out later that she lied in my medical records and to the police. She literally called the police, said I was trying to harm myself because she knew I was a legally licensed firearm owner. And because I was crying while telling her the story, she had four police officers with no investigation whatsoever, body slammed me with a riot shield, put me in a psych ward for over two weeks where I incurred permanent brain damage from passing out from the logic and law defying stress. And I've been fighting it ever since. Okay. What, what do you want to, uh, what do you want me to refer to you as? Uh, like, how should I address you? I really don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how you, however you care to address me, I suppose. I'm just well, friend, I even, whatever. I don't, even, I don't even know your name. So do you just want to go by first name or? Um, no, you can just, uh, you can call me Dave. How about that? All right, Dave. That's okay. All right. So let's get into let's get into a little bit of, of who you are. Can we do that? Just, of course. Just uh, you know who you are, your upbringing, your you know your 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 life as as it was before all of this happened. Well, the way it was before all this happened was um, <clears throat> I was I was single. I had been on numerous dating websites. Um, I, I was, this, this was after, after a divorce, uh, <clears throat> being with the same woman for many, many years who um, cheated on me. And so I went on dating websites. And unlike a lot of guys on dating websites, I composed very thoughtful uh, messages after reading the, the, the women's profiles, uh, just very introductory. And I probably sent out hundreds of messages. And for five years, it just went absolutely nowhere. So I <clears throat> jokingly said to myself, I should get a mail order bride just as, as a joke. And then joke sort of turned into actual research. And that's when I discovered um, that international dating was, was actually feasible and, and, uh, and doable. So I looked into that. And that's when I found the profile of the woman who I <clears throat> traveled to and proposed to. She, she was very convincing. I mean, it was always... Uh, I love you and this and that after, you know, after, after months of talking, of course, um, till ultimately I traveled there <clears throat> to meet her and her and her family. And I spent thousands of dollars, which was stupid of me, but um, I truly did love her. And, you know, coming back and finding out that she was really a lesbian scammer was absolutely traumatizing to my, to my heart. I was so heartbroken and um, you know, it was, it was difficult. To work through so that's why i thought if anybody could help me it would be my doctor you know possibly some depression medication or something like that so some happy pill to get me through uh, i don't know and um instead that's what she did to me she had me assaulted and incarcerated just simply because i was crying yeah i want to get into all of that but 
before we do that, you know, I just really want my my listeners to to understand how you got here. You know, I just don't want this to be, you know, an assault on a counselor or anything like that. I want your story to be believable. And I want people to understand how these things can occur just in, in everyday life as, as it happened to you. So wh where was it that you, you went to meet this, this lady again? I went to, it was, it was an Asian country that Asian I went country. to. Okay. So you went to Asia, let's just say. How, you say you were you were married for many years. What um yes. like how how did all of that start? How did you meet your wife? Uh, oddly, uh, showing my age, I I met her through the uh, through the personals in the newspaper back in the day when they used to do that, and um, I had I had been posting my own messages, and um, I actually came across hers, which was very ambiguous, but I responded to it, and she said she had gotten over 30 calls and I was the only one that she called back because I said I stayed up late and you could call me anytime and she did and that relationship lasted for 19 years mm. have you ever just just out of curiosity Dave have you ever um like gotten a date outside of advertising you know just just through dating or whatever oh yeah of course yeah I mean in you know in, in high school and um, I was always very nervous in asking women out though. That was, that was my thing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy to go to a bar or a club. Um, I was always nervous about approaching women and making small talk or, you know, being so you've um, always been shy and just not too confident in yourself. Well, when it comes to, when it comes to, to dating and to, to, to women at that, yeah, at that time, I mean, I, I think things would be different now, but of course I'm, I'm married now. Yeah. What, what, why do you think you you were so insecure at that time? Because um, because I, I I was different than a lot of a lot of the other kids. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a big kid. I wasn't good in sports. I I didn't have interest in a lot of things that they did. I was more of a more of a bookworm. So I guess that's probably why. Okay. And that's and, and that's a lot of kids these days. These this is again some of the, the reasons why I'm asking you this here because, you know what you go what you've gone through. A lot of people have gone through as well, and and I'm just trying to I want to educate my listeners. You know as far as how we can get caught into these webs. You know and go down these these paths that can ultimately lead to us being assaulted, us being killed, us being incarcerated you know, these, you know, these things as, as what has happened to you, you know? Well, I think uh, a lot, a lot of it was because um, I was, I was always a very honest person. Uh, I was picked on a lot all the way through school, even outside, in, even in the, the workforce, um, just because I guess I was <clears throat> not the status quo kind of person. Mm. And uh, I think that's sort of, you know, where my my personality comes from. Being so honest, I've I've had people joke that uh, I have a sign on my back that says uh, I'm an easy target because I'm because I'm so honest. Um, and you know, yeah. yeah, I'm trustworthy. I stand up for the things that I that I, I wholeheartedly believe are are right. Um, and that's that's why this this particular pursuit of justice has been consuming me for the past 
two and a half years. We're going on almost three years now. Um, so I, I just, I, I just feel as though I, I'm, I'm an easy target because I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't lie to people's faces. I don't, I don't try to get over on somebody. You know, I'm just, I'm just so honest that it makes it easy for them to, to come after me. And that's, that's what the doctor did. She asked me those baited questions. She said, uh, do you have thoughts of wanting to hurt yourself? I said, of course not. She goes, but if you did, what would your plan be? And I said, that was an asinine question. So I waved yeah. my hand off my head like, I don't know. I already answered your question. She took that, I later found out, as me making a gesture of shooting myself in the head. And then she asked me, do you have a firearm? And I said, I've had a license to carry for years. She goes, where is it now? I said, it doesn't matter. I don't have any thoughts of wanting to hurt myself or anyone else. And that's all she needed to hear. And she later changed those words in my medical records and called the police and said that I was trying to harm myself. So I answered her honestly. And she took advantage of that. And that's how I got assaulted with with a freaking riot shield just for crying, for goodness sakes. Yeah. And, and this is, has happened to me, you know, and it's happened to a lot of people where, again, you know, like for me, I was always told growing up, you can trust the police, don't lie to the police, you know, all the, the police are your friends. If you didn't do anything wrong, you don't have anything to worry about. You know, we always hear these things, you know, until it happens to us. And, and yes, that was my learning experience as well is, is when I thought that I could be honest with the police, you know, they, they tricked me into, into an arrest, you know. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate times. We, we're all brought up to believe in well, the integrity is, of, of the police. Well, this is, this is, I mean, what you said is profound in the moment because of everything that's going on today and, and everything that's going to be going on next week, right? Oh, yeah. Is we have, you know, as, as Americans, we have a stigma and a perception that we, we're, we're being forced to follow you know, and, and um, the stigma is real, you know, judgment is real, racism is real, and it goes on every day, and, and we deal with this in so many different directions, you know, and, and all of this is bestowed upon our children, and our children are trying to figure this out, you know, and, and make decisions on their own, you know, and, and it's stories like these that hopefully can get out and people can hear what can happen you know, by, like you say, just being open and honest with anybody and everybody that comes your way, you know? Um, so, yeah. so going through high school, you say you were bullied, you, you know, uh, were you ever physically bullied or just, you know, verbally assaulted, made fun of? All of the above. All of the above. I mean, I, they, they'd grab me on a bus. They'd, you know, throw me in the snow. They'd uh, um, cherry bellies. Uh, you, you name it. Um, it was, it was, it was never ending. How did you deal with that? I just, I guess, stayed in my own, my own mind, my own head. I, I did my own things. You know, I, I whether it was artistic expression or, or, or what have you. You know, I tried to, I tried to stay away from them, but they'd always manage to find a way to, 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 to get to me. Um, I mean, how does anybody deal with bullying? I mean, you, you have to go to school. I know I, I skipped a lot of school. I can tell you that I, I, I would skip and, uh, I just go walk the neighborhood and, and, uh, I mean, I, I think one year I skipped uh, probably 200 days. Mm. But, yeah. 
and that's that's how serious this is because what you're saying is is again it's it's very important for people to hear and understand you're missing education because of fear right and that's did you did you ever have any any out you know were your parents supportive uh no, no, no. My mother, my mother was very passive and, and my father, he left when I was very young. So all I had was a stepfather who was not involved in my life whatsoever. I mean, I had, I had interests that I, that I pursued, um, that kept me engaged. Um, and I'm not to brag, but I am an inherently smart person and, and counselors back then said, you know, I, the, the, my IQ was very high. Uh, so and I really had no interest in, in, in school because I knew a lot of the stuff they were teaching me was bullshit anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I knew that the, the history classes that it was embellished, exaggerated stuff. Um, I, my, really my only favorite class was English. That was the only thing that I liked. So um, I was just, I, again, not to brag, but I was just already inherently an intelligent person. So I wasn't really missing out anything in school. So <clears throat> um but I did, I did make a point to try and, you know, get away and retreat into my own world, I suppose, so that I didn't have to deal with, uh, with, the, with all the bullies. Right. So, so all of that transpires, you go through all of that. Did you, you graduated, correct? Yes, I did. Did you go to college? No, because the, my interests were not anything that I thought that uh, college could teach me. So being <laughs> being the smart person that I was, which in retrospect probably wasn't so smart, I didn't pursue college, um, whereas I, I probably should have. I, th- I guess I thought I was too smart for college at the time. Not a lot of people go to college and, and, and they're still, you know, uh, mega successful, so. And then, oh, know, yeah, and a lot of them go to, they, they take their courses that for what they want to pursue, they get out of college, and then they don't find a job in that profession anyway. Now they have all the college debt on top of it, and not the job they wanted. So it's, it seemed kind of, this is true. I mean, you know, the, the universities are under attack as well, you know, and, and, and everything that ensues with university life, you know, but so you, you meet your wife um, through an article, you guys kick it off. How was that marriage? (laughs) Again, Tom, I'm not, I'm not a normal average status quo kind of kind of person. We, we, um, we dated uh, exclusively. It was her and I. Um, eventually, we we bounced around to some places and rented a home. And then she finally said, "She said I want to get married." And then I'm like, ah, "I don't want to get married." And then I thought about it. Uh, at this at this point, I was somewhere in my twenties, I guess. And and somebody said somebody said sarcastically to me, they said something about my my girlfriend, and it was you know like a condescending thing to say. So I'm like, I. All right. Yeah, we've been together this long. I don't see anything going wrong. So, all right, fine. Let's get married. And we just went to um, uh, Justice of Peace, had a very informal marriage, went home and did the dishes. <laughs> That's how we got married. No, no ring, no, no nothing. Just it's on paper. Mm. And you guys lasted 17 years, you say? 19. 19 years. Mm-hmm. Was there like how was that relationship was there um a lot of friction tension you know were you guys did you guys after so long just realize that you made a mistake i mean how did that go hmm. no everything was pretty pretty normal um pretty normal life i guess together 
um, we'd, we'd have friends over, go to friends' house, homes and, you know, drink and whatever. Um, it wasn't until years later that, that she, she had, um, some weird symptoms that we couldn't, we couldn't explain. Uh, she lost her libido. She had like lactating breasts, uh, night sweats, all kinds of strange things. So she started going to multiple doctors, um, over the course of actually like 10 years. So for 10, 10 years out of those 19 years, uh, you know, our sex life wasn't, wasn't exactly up to par. Um, so it wasn't until she went to a neurologist and they found a, um, a dead tumor pressing on her pituitary gland mm. and uh she went into brain surgery and i held my held her hand i was crying for her waited on her hand and foot when she got home and uh, she got a little better and then a year later some of the symptoms came back she went back in there was fluid leaking in the in the cavity so they drank another brain surgery cried held her hand waited on her hand and foot when she got out uh and then boom she was horny again just like that and at that time i was uh, we were we were looking for another house and I wasn't it wasn't going very well and I was getting very upset and depressed about it so for her suddenly to to have regained her libido and for me to have sort of for the most part put it on hold for 10 years I'm like I waited for you you got to wait for me and she she couldn't do that she had to go out and sow her wild oats and she did that and uh, she'd stay out late I knew she was with other men I checked phone records um she would literally text men in bed right in front of me. Uh, and that was, that was the breaking point. So um, I left and then I, I came back and I said, I shouldn't have left. It was you who did all this. So you leave. So mm -hmm. I kicked her out <clears throat> and I said, uh, by the way, I want the house and I got the house. I got everything. And then I got the hell out of there shortly after that. And that's when I went on the dating websites for the next five years. Yeah. You've been through a lot, Dave. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. And it's okay. You know, I mean, we go through things and, and some others than not. And then we look at other people and say, you know, man, their life is better than mine. You know, it, it's just, it's all, it's okay. You know, shit happens and it's, it's really understanding why it happened. Right. And if, if you had anything, like if I had anything to do with it, then I need to correct my behaviors, you know? So it's just, it's just understanding why things happen. This is kind of like, I never, go ahead. I, I never, I never really truly did understand why. I mean, I, I feel it's, it's like the guy who said, I have a sign on my back. I mean, I, I literally, I feel, I, sometimes I, I joke that I feel like a walking pinata. Mm -hmm. It's like people just, uh, there's, I am the most honest, kind, respectful person you could ever hope to meet at least in my opinion, I, I treat everybody with respect um, and, and, and courtesy. And yet still people find a way to just dig into me. Mm -hmm. And I just don't understand. I do not understand that. I, I sometimes feel like I have the worst luck in the world sometimes. Mm. And I don't understand that because, because I'm, I'm trying to do everything as consciously and responsibly and respectfully toward everyone else is that I can. So why is it that I'm not treated the same? Well, you know, there's, 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 I mean, there's many reasons, you know, first and foremost, we know that, that we know that people, human beings only essentially care for themselves first. We know, we know that, right. 
we yep. know that that everybody has a, some some sort of selfishness about them and and we're getting to to, to me we're getting to a point to where you know this this selfishness is is overriding everything like selfishness comes first it's me 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 over everything you know for somebody to think that they have a target on their back you know because i used to think that as well i used to always say that like why is everything that i do it comes down on me why am i always the one that gets caught it's like i have a you know a, a rain cloud over my head i used to say all of these things right all of these things all the time you know i've had girls cheat on me all of this stuff you know and and what i found was that i was attacking life like I wanted life to mold me, right? I wanted life to accept me and it just, it just not gonna happen. You know, people, people just, they're, they are who they are. You know, people are just, are who they are. And, and I just started realizing that my life has been always trying to appease other people, trying to make friends, trying to get people to like me, trying to see the good in me. I was always doing this with my parents, with my siblings, with friends, with whoever. I was always going out of my way above and beyond to help people, even sacrificing my own time with family, um, my own personal time, because I just always wanted to help people. And I knew at the end of the day, I just wanted people to like me you know, and this is why I was going so above and beyond, because I just wanted people to like me, right? So how did and, that not work out? Well, it, it, it didn't, you know, it, 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 uh, it just created a, a catastrophe of my life because, because I was constantly molding myself to how other people wanted me to be, you know, um, so you weren't being your true self then? I wasn't being my true self. I didn't even know who my true self was, you know, and, 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 and that was the thing. And, and I just learned that, like, nobody's going to give me the respect that I want other than me. And I just needed to start respecting myself, you know. I stopped giving people my time that, that just wasn't worth it, you know. I know... It's just value. I just started valuing myself for what it was. And I, and, and it like a diamond, you know, you'll give somebody a penny before you give them a diamond, right? Because the value of that diamond. And I just had to start looking at myself with a diamond light. I am a diamond. I know, I know I'm, 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 I'm the type of friend that, that you cherish. And I just don't want to give that to anybody because not everybody's going to appreciate that. And, that's and that's true. And that changed my life, Dave. It, it, it bolstered my confidence. People started looking at me differently because when people feel like you need them, they're going to treat you like crap. But when they see that you don't need them, then that's when they're going to start to miss you, right? If you're as caring and a loving person as you say that you are, and you're always so quick to jump and help people, people take advantage of that. They know that whenever they're down, all they have to do is call Dave and Dave will be over here in a minute. But the moment that they call Dave and Dave's not there, right, then they start to, to wonder, well, what did I lose? I don't have this person to come over and help me blindly anymore. And it just makes people think differently, you know? 
I don't think those were the people that, that the same mentality of people that, that I knew because uh, although I, I, cher I, I cherished friendship, obviously, uh, friendship was very important to me and, and um, my friends over time, I mean, even, even friends that I had as a, as a teenager and going into my twenties that they were still, they were still, you know, quick to, to, to be sarcastic about things and whatnot. And I, whatever, I mean, I still, we still had some good times, but as time went on, um, you know, it, it became too much. I had, I had my own, my, my own friends lie to me. I've had my friends steal from me. <clears throat> I've had my friends, uh, blow me off, you know, make, make, um, uh, arrangements with me to get together and then not show up. And this went on for years uh, until finally, I just, I, I guess it was, it was probably, it was probably after the divorce that all, all of that just culminated into, into an absolute breaking point where I said, you know, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not worth it. I, I mean, I gradually had cut people off that, that lied. I, I absolutely hate liars. I cannot stand lying I, I'm not, I'm not good at it. I don't try to. The only thing I might lie about is if, you know, somebody, if a woman says, Hey, does this dress make me, my butt look fat? And you say, no, 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 no. You know, that's a courtesy. I'm trying not to hurt their feelings. But outside of that, I do not engage in, in blatant lies. And for somebody to do that, that I consider my friend is the ultimate um, undoing of our friendship. So I gradually, after the divorce and <clears throat> living alone, I, um, I just, I wrote them off, you know, I don't even get a simple happy birthday on a Facebook page. And I'm like, what, just a complete afterthought. So I just, I would send him a message and say, you know, thanks for pretending to be my friend. Goodbye. And mm -hmm. gradually it got down to pretty much nobody <clears throat> because I, I, nobody wants untrustworthy people in their lives or people that you, that, that are going to steal from you or anything to that effect. That's, that's unhealthy. Um, why I couldn't find any decent, honest people, I guess is probably because they're more of a rarity in this world than, than everybody else. So I guess my standards are somewhat high in that regard that you just don't lie and you don't steal from each other, which I don't think is, you know, uh, uh, unreasonable to expect. <laughs> if we're not an so, unreasonable ask, is it, man? No. So, so okay. So if, if, if none of the real, true, decent people are out there, I can't find them, uh, whatever then uh, I'm just going to continue doing what I did in high school and just do my own thing, which is, you know, uh, I was <clears throat> never quick to go out of my way to, to appease people or try to be something that I wasn't. I was just being myself. If somebody needed help, obviously I would, I would do that, but I wasn't trying to be something that I wasn't. I was just being myself. And again, being different than most people, I guess that in conjunction with my standards of honesty and respect is, is like, um, I'm not, I'm not worth their time. So, so not having, not having any, any close friends in my life and then having, well, my mother passed away, uh, really have, I don't know my father's side of the family because he left when he was so young. I mean, basically I was a black sheep. So, um, uh, it was, it was, it was because of that, that I, um, I didn't have anybody to talk to when all of this happened when I, when I traveled to the country and I came back and found out and was so heartbroken, who was I going to talk to? There was nobody. So logic dictated to me at the time, eh, I'll go to my doctor, get a happy pill, 
you know, change, change the way I'm, I'm dealing with all of this and get through it. That was, that was the whole point was to just get some medical assistance to help me through this brief, sad chapter in my life. And instead what she did was she took a traumatic emotional situation and exacerbated it exponentially by having me assaulted and incarcerated in a psych ward for over two weeks where after the, the, the hearing that they did over the phone with no legal representation incarcerated me to a further 20 days. And I just, my brain could not function. It couldn't process what was, what they were doing to me or why. And I literally passed out in the hallway and incurred permanent brain damage to this day. I cannot smell or taste anything. And every effort that I have made to hold these people accountable, I have been stonewalled, sidestepped, uh, lied to, ignored, and I trust me, I have made every conceivable effort. I have written to every oversight agency, Department of State, Department of Health, the governor, uh, the Pennsylvania senators, Congress, the uh, insurance fraud, you name it. And every single one of them are like, nope. Every lawyer that I talked to said, oh, no, it's too expensive. We have to get a medical professional to establish your mental stability. And that costs a lot of money. And it gets very involved and the settlement that you would get from it wouldn't be worth it. So they wouldn't even take the case. So I was denied justice. Not only, not only was, was the law violated by my doctor by lying in my medical records and lying to the police, but the law that they use, the three, Pennsylvania's 302 law against me requires that you personally witness someone trying to harm themselves in order to, in order to impose the law, which obviously never happened because not only did I not do that, but I didn't say that I wanted to hurt myself in any way, but she contrived that I did. And even if I did, if it were true, that is not grounds to impose the 302 law. So they've, all of them across the board violated the law and nobody, nobody wants to hold them accountable for that. So with absolute immunity and impunity, they stripped me of my rights, my legally licensed firearm, my, my, my dignity uh, and functions of my brain for the rest of my life because I was crying. So that's how I got to this situation. And you've been fighting this for three years now, you say? Just about, yeah, yeah. I, um, I've been, like I said, I sent a large packet of information out to multiple oversight agencies with every detail, excerpts, uh, co copies from my medical records. The, 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 the hearing that I told you about, <clears throat> that was the 303 hearing. And which, by the way, nobody, nobody at any point ever said that I could, I could voluntarily um, admit myself for just for 72 hours by, a, by, by way of a 201. Nobody ever told me that. And the law specifically says that that is preferred. The law also specifically says that the least force necessary be used. All of that across the board, they completely just made up their own rules. They completely defied the law in every aspect. But that, that, that 303 hearing, when I, got my, when I got out, I immediately requested my medical records. And in those medical records, repeatedly throughout, and even from the doctor who, who authorized me to the additional 20 days, marked in my medical records that I had absolutely no signs of suicidal or homicidal idealizations. And there she was keeping me anyway. And in and, and her words, she said, just to make sure he doesn't show any signs. Oh, and to make sure he doesn't have any signs of alcohol withdrawal which is completely inapplicable to the 302 law entirely. Never mind the fact that she documented me as not having any signs whatsoever. 
Mm-hmm. Is she still practicing? She is. She is. I I reported them, all of them, uh, to the Department of State, <clears throat> and their response. They came back and said, "Oh, it's a it's a legal matter. We can't get involved." Being the smart person that I am, I researched all of their policies, regulations, and um, functions, and I responded with a letter citing all of those, how they actually do have the legal power to subpoena things and, and get involved. And I said, because the 302 was imposed illegally, that negates it from being a legal, mat- a legal matter. Therefore, it should be investigated. So I think that got their attention, but <clears throat> uh, they're, they said that they're going to look into it, but they did it in sort of like a half-hearted way. And they only cited one of the four doctors that I I mentioned, so I wrote, I wrote back again. I said, no, 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 this is not exclusive to just one doctor. This is across the board. So you, you need to open this up to a proper investigation because the department of health, what they did, I just sent them the exact same package. What they did was conduct a mock investigation. And what they did is they, they went to the, to the facility and um, they looked around, talked to some patients, talked to some staff and said they couldn't find any, any violations of state, um, regulations. They didn't look at the specific case that I was presenting to them at all. They didn't look at any of the details, any of the evidence, nothing. They just interviewed the staff and that was it. Do you want to, do you want to put her name out there or the doctor? Um, well, everything is on the website. It's, it's cops and docs, break the law.com. Everything Everything is there, every doctor's name, every element of what happened. Um, say, say that again. Every element of what happened is there, all of, the, all of the evidence. Everything that I could possibly acquire is there. No, I mean the uh, website. You said cops and docs. Breakthelaw.com. Right. Okay, so my listeners can get that. Cops and docs, breakthelaw.com. I have, I have a summary of the story. I have a, a mid medium sized summary of the story because it's a lot to take in. I wanted to not, a, you know, everyone's span of attention or interest uh, may not be the same. So they might want to just get the, the tidbits, the crumbs. Some people might want to delve into it fully. And if so, all of the documents are there um, as PDFs that you can click on and see exactly that in my medical records, they documented me as having no signs whatsoever and how I begged and pleaded with them that I did not nothing wrong. I did not belong there and I want to go home. And uh, one nurse or uh, two nurses actually said, well, when we took your blood work, when we admitted you, there was alcohol in your system. I said, well, yeah, that was probably residual from the weekend because, well, I, I had been, I've been drinking a lot to try and, you know, boost my spirits, I guess, and try and uh, try and have some f- fun, I guess, while, while I was at home. Uh, but I hadn't, I had been drinking that day when I drove there for, for, for sure, but it was, it was residual alcohol in my system. And she said, well, that should negate you from being admissible under a 302 and having, once I got out, read the law, it, it, it said, it, it pretty much says that, that if a person has alcohol in their system, you, you can't 302 them unless they're also deemed to be mentally unstable, which I wasn't, I was consciously and responsibly seeking the help of my doctor. I, I called her the week before and made an appointment for the following week and kept the appointment. I certainly didn't kill myself in between that time. And I certainly didn't go to my doctor because I wanted to die. Who the hell would do that? And this is your, I, I went, 
She, yeah, she, it was my PC, my PCP, my primary physician. Yeah. So it, none of it makes any sense. What, 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 what I, what I gleaned from all of that was that she had, well, first of all, I read her, her qualifications to be a doctor in that long list of things she has. She has women's behavioral health, just women's, not men's. So to me right there, having a man with emotions, men aren't supposed to cry. Having a man in front of her crying while telling her a sad story and then find, and then, and knowing she had been my doctor for years, having a license to carry a concealed weapon, it was on me all the time, except schools and government buildings. That's the law. So I had every right to have it on me. She knew I had it. Uh, well, she didn't know I had it on me on that day because when she asked me, I said, it doesn't matter. I don't have thoughts of wanting to hurt myself or anyone else. But knowing that I potentially was in possession of one, I think she had her own personal trepidation against firearms. So that combined with a, a man with emotions crying, she, you know, two and two to her made, you know, off the charts scary. And uh, that's why she called the police. So and I also, I also found out later in the medical records, uh, a quote from her, two, two quotes from, from her. One said that I was at no time ever aggressive toward her or her staff, and I answered all questions appropriately. And then in another page, it says she told the, the psychiatrist in the, in the psych ward that I was at that she was fearful for her, her well-being and her, that of her staff. Total contradiction. And that's in the paper. But it, <clears throat> yeah, but that's an, that's an admission on her part that she was not concerned for my well-being whatsoever. She was looking out for her own. Even though I was not aggressive, I never said anything to the to, to, uh, of any sort of wanting to hurt myself or anyone else. Never made a gesture, inference to wanting to do so, or any action in furtherance of that. Nothing. I was simply crying. That's all that I did while telling her a sad story. And now I have permanent brain damage because of it, and I can never own a firearm ever again, all because of that. Do you, do you think do you think that she she really cared for your well-being in that moment? Absolutely not. That's that's what the medical records say. She she was concerned for herself and her staff. Okay. And so... she she actually she actually put the facility on lockdown. Like they must have like emergency things where they they put it on lockdown. I didn't know that. I was sitting in the medical exam room with my head in my hand, you know, like sort of, you know, sulking, crying. <laughs> that's all that I did. And she thought that that was that was so threatening to put the whole facility on lockdown and then call the police and 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 literally say and and the reason i know i'll tell you why i know this tell them that i was trying to hurt myself the reason i know that is because one of my other efforts was i filed a complaint against the main officer who led the assault in that room with a freaking riot shield oh and their guns drawn by the way for a man who's crying get into so so she calls she calls the police right she calls what 911 i would imagine Police show yeah, up. Yeah, it was it was nine one one. Yeah, because they they said. Yeah. So she calls the police to come to deal with a medical issue. Cops show up, right? Um, as you say, obviously she must have said something about you being potentially violent or whatever if they're showing up with riot gear and shields or whatnot, right? And that you were you were a licensed carry. Um, that's probably why they showed up the way that they did. So you're with saying, no investigation, though. With no investigation, they did not investigate. They had no interaction with me whatsoever. Well, that's, that's the job of the police is to investigate the circumstances. Because anybody, I could I could call up on anybody and say, "Hey, Bob, Bob's trying to harm himself." When really, in fact, Bob is just here eating some ice cream. 
So their so response going on across the country. I mean, that's that, these, these SWAT calls where they call in SWAT and just say that something's going on in somebody's house. And next thing you know, you got SWAT all around your house trying to break in, you know, they're supposed to investigate the situation. That's what they're supposed to do. And they did not they did not do that. And, and but the reason I know that she told them that I was trying to harm myself was because I filed a complaint against the officer who led the charge and had two state police officers come to my home and interview me. And they said, well, did you read the 911 transcript? I said, well, of course not. I, I can't, I'm, I, I don't believe that's allowed to be released to the public. Uh, I did request the incident report, which they denied me for. Um, so anyway, they said, well, the reason we responded who, that who we, we always- Who denied the incident report? The state police. Huh. So, I mean, it's an incident report about me. I'm the requester of the of the incident report, and they denied it to to me. They denied me from from having it. On what grounds did they give you? Oh, ambiguous ones, because it was a part of an investigation, and it contains personal information. So I I, I appealed it, and I said, well, of course it contains personal information on me, mm-hmm. and I'm the one asking for it. So why the hell would I not be entitled to get it? And then it came back with some more BS, and basically shut it shut it out. So I never I never got that. But in the in the interview, in my house, um, they said, uh, and from the nine one one transcript, they said they said, uh, we have a patient here who's trying to harm himself. They read right from the transcript, and so that's what that's when I knew that they lied to the police, which is also a violation of the law. Not only is the three hundred two law violated by them imposing against me for n- no no applicable grounds that it requires but also making a false report to the police. And yet nobody wanted to investigate any of this. And here's, here's, just, here's just another example of how stonewalled I've been throughout this entire process. Not, I then got notified after that interview that my accusations or allegations against the officer for using um, excessive force was unfounded because I was, uh, they got a call that I was despondent, which means sad. Ooh, right. I was sad. So the, so, and they said that they, they, they always respond that way in those circumstances. And I'm like, you've got to be, you've got to be kidding me. So then I did a, I did a um, freedom of information act request for that very audio recording in my home with those officers. They denied me from getting that too. Where's all this evidence at now? Well, it's that, that those elements of evidence are in the possession of the, of the police. I acquired as much evidence as I possibly could. My my uh, my medical records, the uh, the the transcript. I tr- I, tr- I tried I tried uh, expunging it from my record by going to a county court <clears throat> by myself, pro se, representing myself, and gave them all the evidence, everything. They freaking denied it. <clears throat> they freaking denied that too, with all of the evidence there at their disposal, <laughs> and then. I went to um, appeal it to the uh, to the the uh, superior court of the state. Well, here's the thing: when I, I I was when I got out of the psych ward, I immediately went back to the same dating website, and within two weeks, I found the profile of and began corresponding with the woman I ultimately married. I traveled to her country, same like I did before, and proposed to her. And she's here with me now. She she immigrated to the U.S. and she's she's got a green card and we're married. And so so you know 
mentally unstable people don't do that. They don't satisfy the immigration laws and, and of two countries, you know, shortly after getting out of a psych ward um, because I was never mentally unstable. Mm -hmm. um, but <clears throat> uh, I was out of the country at the time that the denial from the, the county court came in. So by the time I got back, and I, I researched what I needed to do next to appeal it to the Superior Court. By then it was past the 30 days. I didn't know there was a, a time limit because I was doing everything pro se on my own. And they took my, my registration fee and then wrote back and said, now it's over 30 days, we can't hear your case. <laughs> so I was shut down again, every single step of the way. And I even, I even, I even gave them copies of my flight itinerary and my tickets and everything to show why it's being filed late. You know, and, and hopefully you'll, you'll grant me this courtesy. I was very nice about it. Well, they weren't very nice about it. So shut down again. So where do you stand at right now? Uh, really, my only option is <clears throat> my relentless pursuit with these other oversight agencies, because I'm, I'm a very, very persistent person, um, a very resilient person. Had my, had my doctor known me personally, she would have known very clearly that I wasn't suicidal, that I would have gotten through it. It was just a brief, sad chapter. And I just happened to be very sad at that moment. You just well, needed somebody to listen to, you know? Uh, yeah, well, that's all she needed to freaking do. And she couldn't bring herself to do that. So <clears throat> I am still following up with some of these oversight agencies. Some of them I've, I've written off. They're not, they're completely useless. I mean, all of these government agencies are, they're, they're all, they're, they're more self-serving than, than serving for the public. We all know that. Well, this is why uh, we're at where we're at, Dave. Exactly, exactly. So I'm still, I'm still pushing on on their abilities to to, to investigate this properly and 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 hold them to justice, whether they will or not. I'm I'm not optimistic, but I I'm not the kind of person that 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 gives up on violations of of, of justice and and rights. And it's, it's just, that's just not in my, my core being. I am a very justice minded person and, and all these years, you know, we're, we're fed that, you know, like you said, you know, you're taught to trust the police, et cetera, et cetera. It's a whole system that they, they've contrived that when it comes down to it does not serve you whatsoever. Well, yeah, but, but you have risk and rewards, you know, it's, it's, like if 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 I was to seek out justice for everything that was wrong, you know, done wrong to me, I, I would spend my life pursuing uh, uh, these events. You know what I mean? And have you ever read Moby Dick? Oh, I'm sure when I was a kid, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know the story. So do you you know the premise of the story, right? About with 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 Ishmael and and him chasing after the the phantom whale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but here's here's the thing. Here's the thing for me though. Not only it, it it was it was perpetrated against me illegally under false pretenses, and and it stripped me of my rights, my 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 personally legally licensed firearm, my ability to defend myself, my home, or my family ever again, and stripped me of functions of my brain every single day with every right. beverage I consume, every food I eat. If I'm on the road and I see a truck for Doritos or or whatever, I'm constantly reminded that. I can't taste that shit. Nope. I can never. I can never taste that again. Every day I'm reminded of it. It's. I, it, I, I wake up thinking about it. Uh, I go to sleep thinking about it. It's. I, I feel less than human. 
You well, know? I think I think you feel like you got robbed, you got gypped, you know, and it's not fair, you know, and and you want people to pay for uh, what they've done to you. And, In a legal and, way, yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. We're always speaking legally. Um, and, and, and I understand that completely, Dave. Let me ask you, how, how consuming is this on you? You say that you go to sleep thinking about it, you wake up thinking about it. How consuming on your life is this, what has happened to you? PTSD, nightmares. <clears throat> I've, already, um, <clears throat> I've already had dreams of, I have dreams of oppression, being incarcerated, uh, being attacked uh, shortly after my, my, at the time, fiance, now wife, got here. We were in bed together and just in the middle of the night, I just threw myself out of bed because I, I felt like I was being attacked and I was, my body reacted to, to the dream, the nightmare that I was having. And it reacted in real time and I literally went on the floor. Um, it's, it happens, man. It, you know, one time I, 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 uh, I was freshly home. And I was sleeping on my sister's couch. And she came, I guess, to cover me up in the middle of the night. I guess I had kicked the blanket off me or whatever. And when I felt that, you know, I, I reached up just instinctually. I just reached up and, and, and had my hand around her throat, you know. Right. And, and, and it was just instinctual. You know, she's, she's calling my name out. She's telling me, you know, it's me, it's me. And, and within maybe two or three seconds, I realized my, my surroundings and where I was at. But mm -hmm. instinctual of it, because of where I was at in the environment I was at was like, protect yourself. You know, like nobody should be touching you in the middle of the night. If they are, it's, it's bad things, you know. And that the PTSD of it is, is real because how you describe it are things that I still go through today. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a, it's a tough thing and it's a hard thing to deal with, but how we deal with these things is just coming to acceptance and just understanding that trauma is real and trauma occurred to you. And the first thing is to, again, understand why it happened um, understand the decisions that were made that led up to these events happening, finding, you know, your, your culpability in it and not moving forward because again, like you say, justice has to be served, but understanding that you don't want this to consume the rest of your life as in, as in Ishmael with, with Moby Dick, like you don't want chasing a phantom whale to be consuming where you lose everything that you have already. You understand what well, I'm I saying? Agree. I agree with that hundred percent. It's, <clears throat> it's. You got your marriage that you've been right. trying your whole life to get, right? You're right. still alive and you're relatively healthy. Mm -hmm. And these are the key essentials. What happened to you sucked, it was wrong. And people need to be held accountable for that because they could do it to somebody else if they're, especially if they're still practicing, mm -hmm. right? But you cannot let this consume you to where it's affecting your your new relationship, affecting your personality, um, or anything as of that because you're driven for justice. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I do understand what you're saying, and and I certainly don't want this to consume me. For the for the rest of my life, but 
again, being reminded of it every single day is a little hard to, to, to quietly walk away from um, and just and just accept that this is my new reality, that functions in my brain were taken away because of the illegal malfeasance, malfeasance of licensed medical practitioners and law enforcement officers. I understand that. I do. It, and I understand it's, it's, that completely. I understand that as much as, as somebody losing their sight, um, I've heard of cases of cops slamming people down on, on the ground and them losing their sight, becoming blind. You know, that it's, it's a hard thing to deal with. I've never had to deal with anything to that extent, but I have had my rights taken away from me. I have been put in oppressive situations and forced to do things that I, I didn't want to do with or didn't agree with by police. You know, I know, I know how that feels. You know, it's, it's an eye-opening experience for anybody that's never had to deal with that. You know, they completely just have all your rights stripped away from you and put and incarcerated, you know, put in prison and you don't even understand why. You know, I'm working with another guy named uh, Tamujin Kensu. I don't know if you've listened to any of my shows or if you've listened to that particular show. But this guy has spent 37 years in prison for uh, being a political cover-up. He's completely innocent. All the evidence shows he's innocent, yet they still don't even want to let this man out because letting him out will have to acknowledge the corruption in the judicial system up there in Michigan. So they just exactly. rather, they would just rather keep him in and just keep denying him any kind of way into the court. Same as what's kind of going on with you. Only this guy is in prison and he can't come home and he's been in prison for 37 years. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like we're, we're, we're so dispensable, so disposable. And we are, we are. If, if we do not have the, the right political ties or we don't, we're not in a, a financial bracket, we're easily dispensable. I have to think about that every day when I leave is, is, is my track record. I'm, 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 I'm an expendable person and it's easy for me to be expendable because given my track record, it's easy for a cop just to say anything that he wants about me. And it's going to be true. You know, I have to think about that every day. So, so again, when I leave the house, I have to decide, you know, well, I, I don't want to wear my seatbelt today, but you know what? I'm going <laughs> to wear it because I don't want to put myself in any kind of freaking position, mm -hmm. you know, and, and at the end of the day, I have nobody to blame, but myself, you know, they'll no, see that's, see, that's, that's where I, I have, I have an issue because I, like I said, I consciously and responsibly sought the medical assistance of my doctor in a time of, of, of heartbreak, a brief, sad chapter in my life. I, cannot conceive of anything. That's that why I'm so adamant and so steadfast in my pursuit of this, because I know in my heart of hearts, I did absolutely nothing wrong other than I went to the wrong doctor. Well, let me, <clears throat> let me, let me, let me add this in. What you were doing, Dave, is you were putting yourself in positions for, for high risk of fraud. Um, you could have been killed. You could have been kidnapped. You were putting yourself in dangerous situations, right? By going to my doctor? No, not by going to your doctor, by, by you know, um, online dating, uh, article dating, going to another country to meet somebody that you met online. P 
people do this all the time and, and, and tragic things happen, right? Um, so you, you were putting yourself in positions for what happened to you to happen. And I understand it's, it's, it's because this was your comfort zone. You've been doing this, you know, uh, uh, all, all your life. It sounds like you've been, you've been meeting people through articles online because of insecurities, all of this, this stuff that environment does to us. Right. And, and because of that, we put ourselves in these, in these odd positions, if you will. Now you got lucky and, you, and it sounds like you got blessed and I'm really happy that you got what you wanted, man. That, that right there is, 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 uh, that's the icing for the story for me is. Well, is, yeah, I suppose, I suppose what, what you're what you're saying is true. Yeah. It was a, a compromising thing to do. Um, compromising, but that's a better the, word. Thank you. It, it but it's, it, it, in a way, I guess it was a gamble because, a because gamble. the first one turned out to be what she was and have all this be bestowed upon me uh, regretfully. But the second time I did it, it I, I found an angel. I found a complete angel. She's the sweetest person you could ever hope to meet. <clears throat> um, and, uh, you know, whereas the other one, and, and there were red flags, I suppose. But after five years of being on dating websites and getting nowhere, um, <clears throat> desperate. I, I wasn't, I wasn't desperate. I was just, I was just so tired of being alone. Um, and, that, and, that's, and that's desperate, Dave. I mean, I, I, I've been desperate. I've gotten into relationships because I've been desperate. I am a person, again, I've spent a lot of my life alone and I do not, I hate to be alone. It, it, I, it, I hate it. There's not too many things I hate in this world and I hate to use the word hate, but I hate to be alone. It drives me nuts. And, and because of that, because of that desperation of not being alone and fear of being alone, I've gotten into very tumultuous relationships, you know? So it's okay. They, these, these, what we have to understand is we are the way that we are because of environment allows us to be this way, right? If, if you wouldn't have been bullied in school and you would have had all the friends and everybody would have liked Dave, your whole life would have been different. Oh, I'm sure. You see what I'm saying? But because these, these, these incidences occur to us and as us as children, we don't understand how to process bullying. We don't understand why nobody likes us. You know, eventually we end up growing out of all of that crap and we realize it was just all childish bullshit. But in the moment that that's happening to us as kids, these things are, are life altering events, you know? Oh, they most definitely, they most definitely are. And that's, it's, you know, I, I see all these uh, anti-bullying campaigns in school, blah, 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 but how effective they really are. I, I, I don't know, but yeah. And I, and I, I, I it's just, on the parents, I, I, I hold the parents responsible for everything that's going on right now, every parent, because if your child is bullying another child in school, something is going on in that house that is allowing this child to be a bully. This child has had his own trauma, right? Perhaps. And and it's 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 the parents' responsibilities, man, to check your children. Like, are your children good people? You know. Well, in a in a perfect world, um, 
we would we would all just accept each other as as fellow human beings and especially especially in this alleged freest country on earth where we have all the 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 rights to free speech and freedom of religion blah 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 and we shouldn't be judging anybody on any of that yet in complete contradiction to that premise that is exactly what is happening in this country right now now me personally i i don't i don't judge anybody adversely i i don't because of probably because of my history of having been picked on mm-hmm. I, I don't stand in judgment of anybody and uh, whether whether it be race or or sexual orientation anything to that effect i do not care that as long as you're a decent person that is all that matters it has no well, bearing on me okay. whatsoever that's it i judge you based upon your actions of how you treat me and that's it i don't judge exactly you anything else right and 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 that's how it should be you know, and, and again, this is why Malcolm X said what he said, you know, the, the hypocrisy of our democracy, because we say one thing and do another. Well, exactly. That's why that's why I didn't like school. I didn't I didn't believe any of the stuff that they were telling me. Um, and it, it's I, I, I saw I saw through it at a very early age, at a very early age. Um, <clears throat> And, and I, you know, again, I guess, I guess that's kind of what defines when I say that I wasn't status quo, because I didn't believe a lot of the same premises that, that other people did. Uh, I didn't think this in the same way. I questioned what they just inherently ingested uh, with no problem whatsoever. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do that. I'm like, no, that's, that's BS. That's BS. That's a lie. That didn't really happen. You know, and it, it just, it just, I guess all of those elements made me who I am and made me who I am in the eyes of other people. Uh, and I, I don't go around professing <clears throat> these things to just anybody on the street. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's no, but I, it's, I don't know if it's okay. Some, it's all, let me somehow they know. This. Let me ask you this. Do you love yourself? Um, that's all I need to know right there. You have to start, Dave, right? Before you can love anyone else, before you can even understand love, and this is what I tell people, before you could even begin to say that you love your wife or anyone else, you have to know love for yourself. You cannot love your wife that you're married to if you don't love yourself. I, the only reason I hesitated to answer that question is because I had to, I, 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 always, I always had, I always because I was not like other people, I guess I, I sort of thought that, you know, I, I was different. I was different and, and different was good because I didn't judge other people. Mm-hmm. So, so if I'm different, then, then I'm totally happy with that. I'm totally fine with that. I don't want to be one of the sheep. I don't want to be one of the sheeple, the status quo. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, yes, I, I did. I did love myself, but as of, as of late, um, I can't, I can't answer that definitively because because of the negativity that is swimming around inside of me from what they did to me, that for me to, to, to come to a point and say, I mean, not being able to taste or smell anything, you know, it, it, like I said, I feel dehumanized. I don't feel human. So that element of myself, that capability of myself to actually be able to interpret smells and tastes, um, I, I feel like a piece of me is missing. And so now I'm damaged so being able to love myself in, in this damaged state that that's it's it's a hard question 
a hard question to, to, to definitively answer. I mean, I'm still the same person. I'm still a decent person. I still treat people with respect. I have no judgment, negative judgment for anybody else. In all, in all um, aspects, I am still a decent person, but I feel, I feel damaged. Uh, okay. And it hurts. So at one point you were, at one point in your life, you loved who you were. You loved Absolutely. everything about you. You loved who you were. This happened. Now you feel uh, less than. Pretty much. Uh, so, so you're, you're, you are, you were the cause of your own suffering, my friend, is, is what I hear, you know? Um, as, because as a, of, well, because of as, what, 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 the, what they did to me is, is why I am the way I am now. Well, well, and, and, and this is true. I understand this, but things happen to people all the time, right? A person that goes to war loses his legs, understands that he lost his legs, you know, to, to war. Now, true enough, he may have signed up. Maybe he didn't. Maybe a person that got caught up in the draft and went to Vietnam and lost his legs, you know, uh, at, at some point we have to come to understand that what has happened has happened. And I just have to relove myself over again. Right. This is, this is, the, this is who you are now, Dave. You're not Dave with taste and smell. You're Dave without taste and smell. So what we want to do is get this negativity out of you, accept what has happened to you in some, some sort of way, because this is until it decides to come back, which I have heard it, it, it does come back at times, right? Because you've suffered nerve damage and nerves take a very, 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 very long time to grow back, a very long time. I know that because I've had surgery on, on, on my shoulder right? And they had to cut a bunch of nerves going under my arm. And I did not have feeling in my shoulder for many years. Even now, if it just it's, it's, it's almost normal now, but I still have a weird sensation. This surgery was in 1999. I still have a weird sensation when I run my fingers over my skin. It's, it's, so it's not to say that you've lost it forever, right it could come back if it if it if it doesn't you know i don't i don't really don't think you're missing much if you ask me partner because the food these days tastes like shit and people smell like shit you know <laughs> but well well here's here's the here's the thing um i i always <clears throat> i always loved um chinese american food i always mm -hmm. loved it and when I went to my wife's country and I tasted the food of that country, I broke up with China and I fell in love with that food. And it was absolutely amazing. And the kicker to that is that only having recently discovered that, I now have the ability to taste that food every single day when my wife, my wife makes it. And I cannot. Yeah. And I'm that is really painful to, to it, it's, it's, it's exceedingly difficult to just passively accept what they did to me and what resulted from what they did to me. 
But when, when, it, when it was clearly done illegally uh, uh, in violation of the law and their, their own ethics, ethics uh, that they, they had sworn, sworn oaths to, and nobody wants to hold them accountable for having done that to me. So now I'm left to suffer for the rest of my life. It's hard to it is. just accept that. It is, partner. It really, really is. But you have to, right? You cannot go the rest of your life with this negativity in you because it's going to affect your relationship. It's going to affect your life. And all it's going to do is drive more negativity in you, right? So what we have to do is understand, again, that this happened this is these this this is the facts right the facts are you have no taste you have no smell you want to enjoy your wife's cooking how can we do this and it's just finding i don't know some new uninvented way of enjoying maybe the process maybe just going through who knows but the point is is you have to find it right you you cannot just sit here and keep dwelling on what happened to you it's not to stop pursuing justice but it's the dwelling part where you have this ball of negative energy every time you want to taste something or smell something and you can't. I focus on the, on the texture. Sometimes I'll make something spicy. Um, I can tell, I can tell if things are sweet or salty or spicy, um, you know, and, and the, the, the texture of, of something that's what I focus on. I'm, I mean, I'm obviously, I still get hungry and I still eat, right. but you know, when she asked me, you know, what, what do you want for lunch tomorrow? I said, honey, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. We can go to McDonald's. We can go to a five-star restaurant. It's not going to matter. Well, hey, look at it this way. At least you can eat your vegetables now, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, I mean, it, it's, but it, it affects so many other things too. And, and I, and I put this on the website, like I, short, shortly after I had gotten out, I had, uh, I was getting my car fixed and I, I found a, a, a tuna salad sandwich in, a, in the refrigerator, refrigerator in the waiting room for, the, for the, the customers. And I was hungry. So I ate it. And then later that night, I threw it out because it was spoiled and I didn't know that. So I subjected myself to unwittingly subjected myself to food poisoning. If there's a gas leak, I don't know. Something's burning in the house. I don't know. I, I mean, there's so many aspects uh, of, of just everyday life that people take for granted that is compromised because of this deficit um and and it's 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 it feels debilitating in in so many ways it's not just it's not just enjoying foods Uh, i can't i can't uh, i'll never be able to taste you know nostalgic foods from my childhood i can't taste my wife's uh cooking um it's it's that i conceivably could be in danger at any time and not know it i heard of a i heard of a, a a gentleman um who couldn't smell or taste he got sprayed by a skunk he didn't even know it. Came in the house, got his whole house smelling like like skunk spray. He had no idea. He had no idea. And and I've had I've had fluid leaking from my vehicle already, and mm. I didn't know what it was. I had to ask a, another person in the parking lot. Uh, I'm sorry to ask. I know I know this is a weird question, but could you could you smell this liquid coming out of my my vehicle to tell me what it is? I mean, just just little things like that. Yeah. My whole life has changed because of this. Yes. And, and, and it didn't have to be this type way. of these type of things that you describe again is is good explanation for somebody who can't put you know what you're going through in perspective like like the like a blind person you know i would never imagine uh, how important taste and smell was 
unless until you describe it like yeah your house could be burning of course if you you'd see the smoke or feel the heat but if you're upstairs and a fire is downstairs you wouldn't know it from the smell you know it's exactly exactly i mean it's and if, if i'm by myself you know i mean say say um say there's um carbon monoxide you know for for say the the heater goes or something like that you know I, I, I wouldn't know a gas leak, uh, of course. But it's 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 all of that. But in addition uh, to to an element that I I didn't discuss so far yet was was the conditions in that psych ward. The conditions in that psych ward it was like it was like set it and forget it. They put when they assaulted me with that riot shield they stripped me of everything, everything. Obviously, I had my legally licensed firearm on, on, on me but they took my hat everything out of my pockets my belt my shoes yeah, handcuffed me handcuffed me strapped me into a gurney put me in an ambulance and took me to the crazy person room of the local hospital and kept me there in handcuffs all because i had been crying and then at two o'clock in the morning transported me to a psych ward on lockdown just an l-shaped corridor and that was it two and a half weeks of my life now i have a full-time job and I had a very responsible job. And there I was, completely helpless, cut off from everything, walking around just in socks. I had to wear the same clothing for two and a half weeks. They did not give me, they did not give me uh, anything to, to trim my facial hair uh, until after, after a week. By that, at that point, it wasn't even a trimmer. It was a, it was a razor, which pulled all the hair out of my face. And this was a state-regulated psychi psychiatric ward. It was a local hospital psych ward. Yeah. Oh, a local and, hospital. And so, so community or was it a private hospital? Uh, I, believe, I believe it was a private one. It was a private one. Okay. And what they, what they, what they did, th th this is how, this is how your day was spent. Okay. You, you wake up, you go to breakfast. They, they give you, they give you a squeezy ball with a smiley face on it. Okay. As if that's supposed to relieve the stress of being in a freaking psych ward. Two, two 45 minute sessions every day of things like painting boxes or tossing a plastic ball back and forth, which they called catch the hot potato or, or, or painting boxes. They were games for crazy people. Now, mind you, I consciously and responsibly made an appointment with my, my doctor for her help. I was crying. And now all of a sudden I'm being treated like a crazy person with no shoes, with wearing the same clothes, not, uh, feeling very unke un unkempt uncared for and and all of my pleas are falling on deaf ears the only two staff members that i, I mentioned before that said you had alcohol in your system you, sh you shouldn't be allowed to be 302 uh, and i said good use that get me the hell out of here and they didn't they didn't do anything about it um and then and then so so those two 45 minute sessions a day that was it so breakfast lunch dinner two 45 minute sessions the rest of the day you're left to play with your little smiley face squeezy ball by bouncing it up against the wall or playing rummy with fellow crazy people mm. that that there was no there was no therapy there was no there was no um uh re rehabilitation or counseling nothing nothing they, they just left you there to were rot they, were they medicating you mm, not not really no it actually I, I i'm a smoker it took them two two to three days to even get me a nicotine patch um, and the, the medication that I had been on, it took him two to three days to get that to me. So I was neglected in that way. 
Um, and then when I when I went to the when I went to the okay, I I said repeatedly that I I did not belong there. I didn't do anything wrong. Finally, after two to three days, someone finally said, "Well, you could sign a two hundred one." That's the first time they ever told me about that. They were supposed to have told me that right from the get go. That's in the law. So I said, "Okay, well, what does this mean?" And they didn't really explain it, but they said, "Oh, your doctor has to sign off on it." I said, "Okay." And the doctor comes and she goes, "Oh, I wouldn't sign that if I were you. That could come back to bite you. We could still keep you for evaluation. Your three hundred three hearing is coming up on Thursday, so just keep participating in the group sessions, the crazy games, and then we'll see. We'll see what goes from there." So she literally dissuaded me from exercising my legal right to voluntarily have committed myself. That would have averted everything, but she's the doctor. And again, me being the trusting person that I am, I trusted her. That's the very doctor who had me incarcerated even further under the 303 law, even after having documented me as having no signs of any suicidal or homicidal idealizations whatsoever. So in complete contradiction to everything, she kept me there even longer. And the, the hearing, I was, I was assigned a public defender who I was only able to talk to seven minutes prior to over the phone. And then they put, put her on a conference call. I never had any lawyer come and beat me, evaluate me, talk to me, explain my rights, give me any level of protection. And it was done over the phone with just that doctor and another member of the staff. And, and I explained everything. And then all she said was, we, we want to keep him just to make sure he doesn't show any signs and doesn't have any alcohol withdrawal. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone. Click. That was my hearing. And that is what pushed me to a level of stress that my mind just could not process anymore. And I passed out and I woke up in an emergency room. I said, where am I? I said, well, you're, you're in the emergency room. You, you, you had a, a, a traumatic brain injury. I'm like, why? Oh, they said you ran headfirst into a wall. I said, are you freaking kidding me? What? I would never, I would never do anything like that. I, that is, that is insane. And they kept me there for hmm, three days in a bed with, somebody assigned to be by my side all the time as if I was a, a threat to myself. And then finally they said, well, okay, we're going to take you back to the psych ward. I said, no bullshit. I want to go home. Well, I said, we can either take you forcefully or you can go voluntarily. I'm like, this is bullshit. Okay, fine. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I asked the other patients there. I said, did anybody see what happened? They said, yeah, you passed out. Your eyes rolled back in your head. You fell down, started foaming at the mouth and went into a seizure. I said, oh, well, that makes a whole hell of a lot more sense. I immediately went up to the nurse's desk and I said, I want a copy of the surveillance footage because they had cameras there uh, of, of that event. Oh, we don't think those cameras record. I said, are you freaking kidding me in a psych ward for liability reasons? Your cameras don't record. What's the point? So when I got out, when I finally got out two and a half weeks later, I immediately filed for the medical records and requested that footage. They sent me the medical records, never sent me the footage. And then I, I, I wrote a letter of complaint about about that whole thing. And they wrote back and they said, well, you did run headfirst into a wall. I'm like, you're freaking kidding me. Mm. You've got to be freaking kidding me. They lied out of their ass because they knew what they did was so egregiously wrong. And for liability reasons, they didn't, they, they, they couldn't bring themselves to admit to it. And that's what I've experienced every step of this way. And how are you going to overcome that? I tried to I, I tried to prove everything, and nobody wants to freaking listen. It's it's like I said before. We're just we're expendable. We're just expendable for for a system that is self serving. You know they have the medical degrees. They put all the time in and blah 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 blah. But we can't compromise 
all of our efforts and our accomplishments just for one person, one person that we mistreated or hundreds of thousands of people that we mistreated. We want to keep our position of power. And, that's and, that's, it. and then after the, after the incident with you, they probably had a training, make sure that it never happens again. And, and then that's it. They just want to sweep it under the rug. Oh, I doubt they had any training. I think they do this. I went to one lawyer who said, this happens to more people than you think. I, I encounter this all the time. He goes, but fighting it is, is, is uh, an uphill battle. He goes, and I don't, I don't take these kinds of cases because they will try to undermine it every step of the way. Yeah. And he goes, I, I feel for you, but I can't help you. And that was pretty much the response I got from every lawyer that I talked to. Now, personally, me personally, having heard years ago about a woman who burned herself from uh, a McDonald's coffee and getting a million dollar settlement, yeah. I'm thinking permanent brain damage. I should be a freaking millionaire by now. But no, no, nobody wanted to take the damn case. So I'm left with permanent brain damage and just just supposed to go back to my routine life as if nothing happened and just accept that well, because you're allowed to get away with shit like that. Dealing with that medical field and pharmaceutical and all of that, buddy, it's not McDonald's. That's... You're talking about a probably a trillion dollar a year industry. Oh, I know. And yeah, they they protect their baby. That's their baby. <laughs> Legalized drug pushers. You know, that's how I see them. Pretty much. Um, but but what really what really struck me is that there was nothing in that facility at all. Like if I if I, if I, were, if I were truly truly so suicidal, what were they doing to help me off of that ledge? If I had been, they did nothing. I was left to, to, to play crazy games, play rummy. Oh, and oh, I forgot to mention this. Jigsaw puzzles with missing pieces. How is that supposed to freaking help? If anything, I would think that would push me even farther over the edge. There's no would, finished pieces. It ah. would drive me nuts if I sat there and worked on a puzzle to find out that there was pieces missing. I swear it was like they were intentionally trying to make me feel like I was crazy. It was. It was. It was almost like like a. An intentional and, and, endeavor. And say, I've heard a lot of people say that the, that these places are designed to to make people go crazy. Yeah, it's like, but why, why why are you trying to get me out of society? I'm a fully functioning member of society. I own my own house. I have my own car. I have a full time job. I'm nice to everybody. What? Because I legally le owned a, li a, a a licensed firearm and was crying. That suddenly makes me mentally unstable. That is that is ludicrous. What's your what's your uh, what's your voting status? Oh, I'm so sick of all of them. I went I went no party. Well, have but I, I mean, have you are you on record as being left or right? Record of left or right? I mean, that would be that would be defined by my party affiliation. Right. That's why I know I, I I I recently went from I was registered as Democrat, so I could I could vote. Oh, okay. um, in in democratic uh, primaries, but because of the stupid the stupid law in Pennsylvania, the stupid laws of doing that. But uh, I no, I, I registered as I registered as no no affiliation, so I'm completely out of the loop now. I, I was just curious because I, what I see going on is 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 an attack on on a certain party, you know, and and I would just I was just curious if maybe that had a, any kind of affiliation with what was going on because most most and you can correct me if I'm wrong I'm not a gun owner in that sense but but um wouldn't most gun owners be be uh considered conservative well here's the thing the, the only reason I I was I was anti-gun for a long time 
<clears throat> for a very long time in my in my youth. It wasn't until it wasn't until I moved somewhere that was absolutely horrific. The the the, the town was horrific, and they just they just kept antagonizing us to the point where I said, you know what, screw it. <clears throat> um, that's what I have to do to, to, to protect myself from this antagonism. <clears throat> that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, nobody, it was at that point that I had a, gun I had a, rights until until they need a gun. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so then when then when people were coming on my property, instead of thumbing their or flipping me the bird, you know, I hold a gun in my hand and like, oh, sorry, sir, sorry, sir, and they turn right around and go back to where they came from. And I, you know, I, it was sad that I had to do that, but for you know, for goodness sakes, just leave us alone. We're not bothering you. We just want to live our lives here. Mm. So my mindset on on gun rights changed at, at that moment, and um, you know, I mean, I'm still not a big proponent of them, but it's in the Constitution, so I, I guess it's okay. And it's there for a reason. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Well, Dave, is there anything else that you you want to disclose here on this on the show? Um. The reason I'm the reason I'm doing this is not only just for the for the pursuit of 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 rightful justice for what was so wrongfully perpetrated against me, but it's also I'm also doing it in an effort to to educate people and make them aware of of what is conceivably uh, possible that they that they could they could incur from these people from licensed medical practitioners and law enforcement officers when you're doing absolutely nothing wrong and and and, and I'm sure a lot of people are fully aware of that, given all of the, 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 the killings of, of innocent unarmed uh, black people in this country. It, it's becoming more and more clear and in, in this country's conscience. But something like this is not something that you, you could even foresee, that you just know that you could use a little bit of help and an ear to bend, you know, during a, a sad chapter, do what you think is the right thing by consciously and responsibly calling your doctor, going there only to have this happen to you. I think people need to know that this, this kind of affront to, to injustice for the U.S. citizens is, is across the board, and it comes in many different forms. And, and this, is, this is just another one of them that a lot of people could not even conceive of. I actually, I actually put a sign up um, saying, uh, has a, a bright yellow sign that says, has your doctor ever lied to the police? Had you put into a psych ward? Or, or no, no, has your doctor ever lied to the police, had them body slam you with a riot shield and put you in a psych ward just for crying? And then I put the website below. And I got, I got so many hits on that in just a few days. And I put it right outside the damn hospital where they had me. So <laughs> just out of spite. And uh, sure enough, within a few days, somebody tore it down. But people were really intrigued by that message. Like, what, what, what? That, that, that really happens in this country? It, it seems almost unfathomable. But, but it, yeah, yeah, it, it really does. Uh, and I just think Again, it's important is, for people to, this is for people to know. Back watching the ignorance of America right now in, in everything that's going on. And people are acting shocked, like, there's no way that what's going on could happen. Man, please, you better wake up. Well, you would ask me also, and just to, as, a, as a last point, you would ask me what, what, what else, I think, I think you'd said what 
what what I hope to achieve in, in this endeavor. Um, and one of the one of the other things that I had come up with recently was still not being willing to 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 give up on on some semblance of justice. I I did some investigating and I found out that conceivably, although the statute of limitations has expired for me to go after these people uh, on my own in a court of law, that being over two years, but that I conceivably could have a lawyer restore my rights to carry a firearm. But that costs anywhere from ten to fifteen thousand dollars for me to do that, which of course is outrageous. But it's conceivably possible, and he's he's very confident. He said, I, "I I never lose a case when it comes to that. We just need to establish your mental stability, which it sounds like you have totally intact, and go before a judge. And we don't contest the three hundred two or the three hundred three. We just right. request that your your rights be restored because you're totally fine." And it could be made to happen. So I included that on my website. I, I, I set up a, a get fund, not a GoFundMe, but a get funding uh, link. Uh, I haven't gotten any donations so far, but I, I, I was hoping that you know the gun enthusiasts out there in this country would 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 learn of this in, this egregious injustice and 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 support me to at least get that back. I don't know that I'll ever get my smell or taste back. I've been to numerous neurologists. Head and, head and neck center specialist, ear, nose and throat doctors. All I get is conflicting information. Nobody can tell me anything. Don't know if I'm ever going to get that back. But knowing that I can at least defend my home and my family and myself, if need be, if ever threatened again, like I was at the last place I lived, um, I would I would hope people would be willing to support that and 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 just just make it. You can make a donation as small as a dollar. You know, just just get me to that point where I can call that lawyer up and and go okay. Uh, I got the funds. Let's make this happen and, and get my fun. goddamn gun back. What's that? The link to the the uh, what you're talking about. That's on your website, copsanddocsbreakthelaw.com. Copsanddocsbreakthelaw.com. Yep, it's a, it's a, it's on there on every page off to the right. I also posted on my 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 Facebook page, Cops and Docs Break the Law, uh, with that also along with other little tidbits of postings that I I just brain droppings of things that I think from time to time. Um, so I don't know. I, I've, I've seen a lot of funding pages not go anywhere. I've seen a lot of them go way over the top. I, I don't know that, that this is going to strike a chord with, with anybody, but um, I, again, I didn't do anything wrong and I just, I just want my rights back. Ideally I'd like to have my smell and taste back too. And then everything will be hunky dory again. And I'll move I'll, on. <laughs> find I'll find a place I'll find a way to, to, to forgive all of this but for now I'm just trying to piece my life back together the way it was before all this happened and I understand that partner and and, <clears throat> and it's okay again like I say for you to feel how you're feeling right now it's okay right it's just getting yourself past it because it's not healthy for you for your health you want to live long you want to live happy it's not going to be healthy for your relationship you know um so that that is the main thing. But what you're going through now is perfectly understandable. It's normal. I, I I can understand it completely. We do want you to have your gun rights back. I also have a GoFundMe um, in, established for my listeners to to support if they if if they don't feel comfortable going to your site or however they can support to me, and then I make sure that the money gets to um, who whoever sent the money. You know, oh, that's awesome. So there, there's a couple avenues for, for the listeners to, to get in if they want to get involved. So 
Dave, I have well, to wrap this up. We got NFL playoffs going on. I want to get in here to my football. Um, <laughs> get your game on. This, this has been a great conversation. Again, it's another eye-opening experience of how much power government establishment has over the people that put them in place. The free citizens, right? You know, and this again is my awareness. Like I say, this is what I've been telling people. We are the boss. We put these people in their positions to represent us, not to tell us what to do and to treat us any kind of way. You know, we have to take our country back in that in that aspect. We are the boss. Well, I, I, in an ideal world, that that would happen, but it, it looks like we're we're all at odds with one another, and I I don't I don't understand that because we're all fellow humans and we all share the same planet and we should all just get over ourselves, get along with each other. And, and, and I, quite honestly, if we wanted it to be, we could make this a utopia, but we, we don't, our ignorance gets so, in the way every time. It's, you know, I want to be careful because I think all Americans, you know, the reason why I love this country so much is because of the American citizen, right? We're really, really great people. But we're, we're put at odds against each other because it's been a manipulation of the government, right? And, and this, mm. this is how all governments rule is through division. They have to keep their citizens divided, right? And I, I, I just want us citizens to understand this, to realize this and understand that all of this crap that we hear on the news about, you know, uh, uh, racism and, and just everything that you hear on the news is to create division amongst us. We have to come together and understand that just because you're black, just because you're gay, just because you're whatever, right? I have my opinions, you have your opinions, and, and we're okay with that. But at the end of the day, we're paying taxes, we're working, we're all doing the same thing to provide, like you say, a small utopia for us just to, to, to enjoy our lives the way that we want to and that we work hard for you know i don't have to agree with you to get along with you i don't even have to like you to get along with you right but it's our moral duty as human beings to understand that you're my neighbor you know as long as what you're doing doesn't impede on me or my bloodline or my my life goals for myself i don't care what you're doing you know exactly exactly but it's 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 the government that actually undermines all of that and they just want us to keep our nose to the grindstone and 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 pull the pull don't the, ask no the weight yeah and and ask no questions and just, Pay your just taxes work and don't ask no questions pretty much that's the way it is and yeah. and it's not and and it's the the total like you said the the hypocrisy of the democracy it's a contradiction to to the professed ideals of this country that again is why i never liked history class in school because i knew they were feeding me a line of bullshit and it's it's only it's only come to full awareness uh for for me and i'm sure a lot of other people but f especially for me now after what the, what they did to me uh yeah. so i i'm never going to have any faith in in the system ever again i, I still i still believe there are de decent people out there uh and i still believe that we we can make this um country what it was professed to be it's just uh, a collective effort that i sadly don't foresee ever really coming to fruition but um 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna see here in the next couple of weeks what America's really about and what it's turned yeah. into. You know, the America that I grew up and I knew, like we we were patriots, right? And we weren't gonna stand for anybody to to manipulate or take over or take control of our constitution or our America, you know. So I don't know, big tech may have had a a, a change in, in in the philosophy of the country, you know. So we're we're gonna see. You know, well, I, we got a lot to contend with. We got a lot to contend, to contend with. I mean, you, you got the whole Patriot Act. You got facial recognition. I mean, you know, look look at look at how the FBI is going after all the people that stormed the Capitol. I mean, the technology is there. You you, I, I mean, I do not blame anybody for going off the grid and just moving to Alaska and just you know building a cabin and and just doing their thing. I mean, that's that's totally understandable. Yeah. But uh, fingers crossed, things get better. The next couple of days, I'm. I'm very, very consciously concerned about, um, but uh, hopefully, hopefully going forward, we, we see some change in uh, 2021 uh, from the horrible 2020 that we just went through. So fingers crossed. Oh, we're definitely gonna see change. There's no question about that. As I keep saying, you know, we've moved into the age of Aquarius. You know, this is a whole new 2000, year cycle that we, we've just entered in and look at the chaos that that is ensuing well i don't even want to say chaos you know because the age of aquarius again is 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 about enlightenment that's what the whole age of aquarius represents is is a whole new way of life of enlightenment we're going to be enlightened on so many different things right this is what the age of aquarius stands for and just alone this year already look look at what's happened right look what's what's gonna come so dave i i believe in god right i trust god god knows more than i do you know and for me it's just not getting caught up in all the distractions that i hear going on around me just knowing that um we're in peril you know perilous times and to just to to maintain being myself and being the good human being that I want to be come. And that's all I can focus on and worry about now is just my actions. When I go out in the public, do not be rude, be respectful, you know, just what can I do to help ease people's um, tension and, and anger that, that, that just everywhere. People are freaking angry, man. Yeah, I know. I, I, I try to um, I, I try to extend kindness in, in every in every aspect that I can, even even if I'm if I'm on the road, you know, letting letting people go ahead of me or something to that effect. Yeah, man, um, yeah. You, you know, know, it's just little things like that. Um, you got it, Dave. You got it, man. You know, every 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 little act of kindness helps. It does. And, and we need it. We absolutely need it. So. Dave, it's been a pleasure. I, I would like to reconnect with you maybe sometime here uh, next month, maybe afterwards, and just see how, how you're doing and how things are evolving. Oh, I'd appreciate that. And yes, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Tom. I really did. Absolutely. Well, thank you for connecting with me, and I'll talk to you again. You bet. You take care. All right, Stay you well. Too.